Hi everyone and welcome to another Firms Consulting Podcast. Today I'm going to stick on the theme of discussing some of the you know, really interesting um, findings and the feedback we're getting from clients in the consulting offer and how you can use the program. So I'm going to focus on Felix. Felix is, you know, she's turned out to be quite popular in the program. I think most people are watching her videos and I think most people should be watching her videos because she is a very good candidate. That's not to say Sanjeev and so on are not as good candidates, but I think that Felix exposes you to more of the learning moments that I want our subscribers and our clients to pick up, right? So, you know, Felix is a is a breakout performer. But she does make a few mistakes, nothing major. You know, the great thing about Felix is she manages to to very quickly reorient herself and pivot. But she makes one mistake in the cases that she cannot understand and fix in the session. She only makes one mistake like that. In 23 sessions, Felix is the kind of candidate if you tell her something is wrong, in three seconds she will be doing it correctly. So she's very sharp, right? But she makes one mistake and I didn't put together a podcast about that mistake because I wanted to understand what drove that mistake before I could explain it. And uh, a few seconds ago, I had a call with a client in Australia and he made the same mistake. And I, and, I, and I noticed other clients are making the same mistakes. I want to talk about that mistake. That mistake, and this is important, is this, is this and I'm, I'll be pretty blunt about this, right? It's about following the advice written by associates who have zero clue what happens in a final round interview with partners versus following the guidelines given to you by, in Felix's case, Kevin Quine, the man who ran McKinsey's worldwide strategy practice. And in, in my case, and I was also a partner, maybe not as senior as Kevin, but still a partner. So, so, so let's just put this into perspective because it's quite important. You have Kevin, if you can listen to Felix's, I think it's session 20 or session 21 when she does her second and third round mentoring with um, Kevin, um, Kevin will tell her to do something. It's different from what Casebooks tells Felix she needs to do for a McKinsey interview. McKinsey interviews, uh, according to all Casebooks, always say you need a structure, you need hypotheses, and Kevin is asking for something different. So now what Felix does is she, she's, in the back of her head, she's got the Casebook guidance, and on the other side, she's got Kevin, again, the McKinsey, very senior partner, telling her what to do. And Felix is saying, in her, in her head, she's rationalizing this, rationalizing this and saying, okay, Kevin is asking me for this. The casebook is telling me to do this. I'm going to follow what the casebook is telling me to do. Now, I've seen that with other clients as well. I will ask them to do something. They will not do it, but they'll do what the casebook is asking for. Now... My question to you as a subscriber and reader, if you have a McKinsey or BCG partner and fairly senior partners at that who ran global practices telling you to do a case in a certain way, why in the world would you follow the advice written by an associate or a business analyst, I mean, I'm guessing maybe there are some managers running case training firms, so I apologize if I'm not mentioning you as well. But my question is, why are you choosing to follow that advice when a senior partner is telling you to do something else? And he's not even asking you to do something difficult. He's just asking you, in the case of Kevin, 
these are the questions I want you to answer. Can you answer them for me? So let me give you an anatomy of such a case, right? So Kevin lays out a problem, right? So I'll, I'll lay out a typical problem I lay out for candidates, right? And I'll talk through what happens here. So the problem I laid out for a candidate is that there is an airport which recently had two of its terminals shutting down due to environmental and some climate control issues. Before the terminals shut down, the airport authority noticed the following trends. Planes flying into the airport were being forced to circle overhead much longer because there wasn't enough room for them to all land at once. While that was happening, they noticed that outbound planes were being delayed because passengers were being delayed getting onto those flights and those flights were leaving with more passengers not on board. I want you to infer what is happening and tell me the most important thing you need to analyze. Uh, and the candidate comes into the case and he kind of ignores me. Not deliberately, he's a nice candidate. And he then starts giving me a framework and I say, hey, hold on, I don't actually want a framework. I want you to infer what is happening and tell me the most important thing to analyze, okay? He goes back and then he starts asking me more many questions and I come back and I said, okay, that's, that's nice, but I don't want questions. I want you to infer what is happening from the data I've given you and tell me the most important thing. Then he starts giving me a hypothesis and then I said, okay, that's nice, but I still want you to infer what is happening and that's okay if it's an hypothesis, but you're not using the data I've given you. Now, now, now look at that sequence of events, right? I've told the candidate what I want, an ex-partner. He is ignoring that to follow a case book that is written I'm not saying there's anything wrong with the casebook, but a casebook can never list every single permutation and combination of the types of cases out there. And I have a candidate at Booth as well, I think he's at Booth, who has this trouble as well, also a very nice candidate, right? I mean, I like talking to him all the time and so on, but he really struggles to understand this point that you have to follow what the interviewer is asking you to do. The casebook tells you what to do for a certain kind of case. But what if you don't face that case? You know, people have this really annoying habit of saying a McKinsey case is always hypothesis framework first. Well, yes, a McKinsey case does not hypothesis framework first, and it's actually one of the most popular styles of McKinsey interviews, especially, you know, if you are if you've made it past the, past the first round. I admit, first round interviews, usually done by engagement managers, associates, analysts, they follow the script in casebooks. But once you get past that, you're not going to succeed if you use those guidelines because the way partners run cases are very different. And you've got to ask yourself, you know, why are you failing to get it? You know, you got so close, you passed the first round, you dazzled everyone, but with the partner, you just didn't get any traction. Well, maybe you are following the casebooks too closely. Now, again, I mean, I don't know every casebook. I don't know every trainer out there. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with what they're doing. What I am saying is that they're training you for a certain kind of case that McKinsey is doing, but it's not the only kind of case McKinsey is doing. And you should not force fit that solution onto the case you get from the partner. That's the first point I'm making. The second point I'm making is, and this is the part I don't get, why would you listen to a book when the former head of strategy is telling you something different. That's the part I don't reconcile with, with clients. So what's almost happened is that you know, in some respects, casebooks have dumbed us down a little bit. And I use the word casebooks. I'm talking about blogs and forums and so on. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with the people posting it, but I'm saying that why listen to generic advice that's not 
vetted and verified when you can listen to the man who ran McKinsey's strategy practice giving you advice in one particular case. Now, we have other mentors. We have the former head of Bain Strategy and so on giving advice, and that, that advice would apply there as well. So it comes down to listening. It comes down to listening because that's what everything rests on here. If you can go into the case, listen to what the interviewer is asking you, and follow the advice, you will be fine. But if you go in and you don't listen, you're just going to shoot yourself in the foot. I mean, you're pretty much going to be killed, right? So, listen. That's the moral of the story. Listen, and when you have to compare what you know, a former partner is telling you versus what a casebook is doing, I would err on the side of caution and listen to what a former partner is telling you. Um, they would have far more experience, in fact, not have more experience. The other levels would have zero experience of making final round decisions, while the partner is the only one who would have that experience. Final round decisions are made by the partners not by levels below partners. If you are, you know, I always tell people, people always tell me, Michael, this is the final round, and I always say, is there a partner in the call? Then they say, no, engagement managers only, then I'll tell them it's not a final round. At, the, at McKinsey, Bain and BCG, only partners can make hiring decisions because a partner is the only one who has tenure at the firm, well, technical tenure, right? So just be aware of that.